Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. So there is this meme that I saw the other day that really got me thinking. And the joke is the person has a fantastic idea for a new app, but I just need some help getting people to handle the design and like the coding and all that little stuff, right? So it reminded me of a type of person that I've run into a lot of times that you might know, or you might even be one yourself. And that type of person is the idea guy. So before I get started, if this happens to be you, uh, don't take it as a criticism. The reason that I'm able to speak to this is because it takes one to know one. And I'm going to use the term guy here, but there are definitely plenty of female ideas guys out there too. And the reason that I want to dig into this is the podcast is statistically having a lot of ideas guys listeners that are listening to me right now. And the reason that I want to dig into this in this podcast is that statistically speaking, there are probably a lot of ideas guys that are listening right now. There's a really interesting stat from some research that was done by Gina Wickman that I read about in the book Rocket Fuel, which I really enjoyed. And after surveying thousands of entrepreneurs, he came to the conclusion that 22% of people that he surveyed were ideas guys or visionaries as he refers to them. So whether it comes to growing a law practice, choosing who to work with, and even choosing what to work on in your day-to-day life, it's important to understand the psychology of the ideas guy. So Idea guys are lionized in our culture and for really good reason because ideas guys are have the capability to change the world. So we're thinking about Albert Einstein, George Washington, Steve Jobs, all of these are ideas guys who made a huge impact on the world for the better. But on the other hand, we have the other idea guys like the one from that meme. So these are the guys who start showing up with business ideas around people who get an inheritance or win the lottery. You know, they're the ones that owe their parent or their significant others or their landlords, you know, three months of back rent. Like, you know, you get the idea. And I would wager that there are a lot more of those ideas guys. And I would also wager that in their mind, they're probably more close to a Steve Jobs type in their, uh, their own estimation. But at the end, there's something that differentiates the idea guys that change the world from the idea guys that people avoid talking to at parties. And it's a lot easier to see in the rearview mirror. But in this podcast, I'm going to attempt to lay out sort of a hero's journey for any idea guys out there that haven't made it into the history books just yet. And I want to start off with a paradox, the paradox of the idea guy. And it's obvious when we look at the great idea guys that their ideas were good. But what happens before then? We sort of have a Schrodinger's cat situation, a Schrodinger's ideas guy. And simultaneously, they're they're poised to change the world or really, really annoy their friends at the same time, but it's kind of impossible to prove before it actually happens. And the hardest thing is that they'll have the same level of confidence because of the Dunning-Kruger effect. So this has gotten pretty popular in recent years, but I'll do a quick recap on what that is if you haven't heard of it. And the Dunning-Kruger effect is based on a series of psychological studies. But put plainly, it's easy to be confident when you don't know what you're doing. And this is why all ideas guys are convincing to some degree. But there really is a thin line between confidence and delusion. But let's get back down to what it takes to prove an idea. Every idea needs execution. So from that same research by Gina Wickman, the numbers for people who are able to actually make ideas a reality, what he describes as an integrator, is way lower than the amount of ideas, guys, closer to about 5.5%. 
So this might be something that you had an idea about for personal experience, but factually speaking, there are more ideas guys than execution guys. So the ideas guy has two choices. They either can execute on their own or find someone else to execute for them. And if you look into the game theory of this, these have dramatically different payoffs, so to speak. So you execute on your own idea has costs. It's going to be your own time, especially if you have to build skills or go through a learning curve to do it. Almost every idea will take money to some extent as well. The emotional cost as well of taking risk and the ego cost if it fails or something to keep into consideration as well. You ultimately need skin in the game if you want to execute on your own idea. And you might not be a natural at it. So you could get some dirt kicked in your face. If you need somebody else to execute on your ideas, there are ranges of skin in the game that you can take in order to get that. And the, the options basically boil down to beg, borrow, or seal. So to completely kill a joke that wasn't really that funny in the first place, the reason why I laughed at that meme was because it illustrates the terrible deal when you are on the other side of somebody begging to fulfill on your ideas, right? The ideas guy doesn't even realize he's being kind of a dirtbag by asking his friends to do work for him that they could probably get paid pretty well to do otherwise. So it's basically a situation where it's heads he wins, tails they lose. The programmer friend is going to like lose time that they'd be spending with their family or God forbid a few years salary so the ideas guy can see whether his idea works. And the thing is that can be a great deal. If this ends up being the next big thing, they'll be like, um, you know, David Cho is an artist who made, you know, literally a billion dollars by painting the mural at Facebook and taking equity instead of cash. But to determine whether this is a great deal or a huge waste of time, you not only need the skills that you're bringing to execute if you are that execution partner, but also the mindset to determine the value of your move, which really makes you less of an executor and more of an investor if you really think about it. And that's what leads us to the next way that ideas guys get other people to execute on their uh, idea, which is borrowing. So um, if you're a fan of the show Shark Tank or follow venture capital and startups and that kind of stuff, you'll understand that there actually is a whole process that people use to essentially solve this paradox of the ideas guy. The problem that investors face is that the best ideas guys don't usually need investor money for the most part. Being able to make ideas reality is a pretty lucrative skill set. So they're kind of left with this, you know, whole array of Schrodinger's ideas, guys. All of them are confident that their ideas are going to work, but some of these are based on solid work and the others are based on delusions, right? So how does the smart money evaluate an ideas guy? This is kind of a first time admission on the podcast, but a while back, I binge watched about eight seasons of Shark Tank in a row. This is, you know, a couple summers ago. I was bored, whatever. But it was really interesting to see how things evolved as the show went on and ended up getting more steam. It was kind of interesting. Like probably the best businesses that came on the entire first season would not have even been the best business on a given episode later on. But I digress. It's obviously a very stylized, you know, reality TV version of what happens in an investor pitch, but a lot of the notes are pretty much the same. And the thing to take out of it is at the end of the day, smart money is conservative. The deals that get the sharks frothing at the mouth and trying to outbid each other are the ones where the money is right there in front of them. We're talking about high profit margins, you know, years of success from sales figures and revenue, big contracts or partnerships as an absolute worst case scenario, but you basically need to prove that the money is already there. In lieu of that, the factors that make an operator attractive is usually evidence of the ability to do that, which comes from personal experience. So at the end of the day, 
The smart money does not take risks. So the chances of getting investment from sophisticated investors for a first time venture is slim to none. In the world of angel investing, they usually refer to this as the FFF round, which is friends, family, and fools, uh, which goes back to the beg side of getting other people to do your work, right? And I'm not even going to mention stealing your way to getting your idea built, but they have a few good documentaries on this. Check out Fire Festival, <laughs> we work, that kind of stuff. And most of the people that end up going that route will end up in white collar prison, but you get the idea. So where does this leave us on solving the paradox of the ideas guy? I'm going to go ahead and say that the answer is the ideas guys who succeed do the damn work for themselves or fit the bill for somebody else to do it, at least the first time around. You have Cinderella stories that do happen now and then, but if you really believe in your idea, you really don't have much of a choice outside of taking ownership on making it reality instead of waiting for someone to give you a shot, right? You know, this isn't that movie with Lady Gaga, I forget what the name is. It's easy to look at the last chapter of the biography where you got the teams assembled, the ideas guys become the leader who's changing the world and you know, moving the, the, you know, the narrative through their organization. But you know, a lot of times they kind of conveniently skip out on the part where they're just kind of rolling up their sleeves and doing the work themselves because it isn't sexy. The ideas guys that no one wants to talk to at parties don't get that. Whether they realize it or not, they're basically foisting a raw deal to anyone who's unlucky enough to buy into what they're trying to say, right? But the fact of the matter is that if they were good at an idea, they would have the resources to do it themselves or have proven it on something smaller. The only confident ideas guys that you're left with at the end of the day are ones who have made it happen before and ones that have never tried to make it and have never tried and failed. And if they're begging you to do something for free, you can probably assume that it isn't the first type, right? So that is it, everybody. Basically, the conclusion here is if you happen to be an ideas guy, I want you to really think about what is required to make your idea a reality. The most noble path, and I think the best one that I recommend for anyone who is an aspiring ideas guy is to make sure you have skin in the game, whether that's your own effort, whether that's putting your own money on the table, make sure that you can do it because you're probably more convincing than you realize, right? And you don't want to get your friends into a jam. If you happen to be on the other side of that deal, I would just have a very safe level of caution as far as people who seem to be good, too good to be true. Ideas guys are super confident. They are very, very compelling. And a lot of the times I don't even think they're lying. They genuinely believe what's going on. So um, hopefully uh, you guys took something out of this. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please make sure to send this to another person looking to grow their law practice that you'd think would like hearing it. And for everybody else, we will be back next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern for another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.